Good Sunday morning. I'm Jaden Jefferson and welcome to this week's Community Focus. I had the opportunity to catch up with Aisha Rusco, who is an NPR correspondent and host of a few different shows. She joined me to talk about a lot of the issues facing our country as well as the world and NPR's role in covering them. If you listen to NPR, Aisha Roscoe is probably someone you're very familiar with, and she's joining me right now to talk about all the things that have been happening in the news lately. So first off, thanks for joining me. And second, what is this like for journalists? Because I think people, they see the stories, but for someone who's a journalist covering these stories, what is that experience like with radio in particular? Uh, it's a it's a lot of work. I mean, I will say I used to cover the White House. And so when I did that, it was extremely busy. Um, always a million things going on. I covered um, every day of the Trump administration. And so that was a, a very busy time. As a host, it's still busy, but in a different way. Um, but you do have to touch on a very wide range of stories um, from foreign policy uh, to movies and books to uh, what's happening at the White House and on the campaign trail. So you really have to kind of be a jack of all trades. But it's but I enjoy it because you don't get bored. There's always lots, lots going on. And of course, you're found on weekend edition Sundays as well as up first on Saturday. So there's a lot of work that you have to do. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I also host uh, the Sunday story, which is the uh, podcast version of up up first on Sunday. So I host the Sunday story. So yes, I'm busy every day of the week. <laughs> and kind of talk about some of the different headlines that we've had come out of this year, because it's been a busy one, of course, with the wars that are happening overseas, as well as the drama playing out in Congress. Yeah, I mean, you had the historic um, speaker battle, and then you had, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy being a very weak speaker. Um, uh, he, he got there under very difficult circumstances and there was always a question of whether he would be able to hold on to the gavel and he was not. Um, and, and so you saw that drama play out and the, the very difficult time that Republicans had replacing him. Uh, you saw drama with George Santos being one of the, the few, um, sitting congressmen to be, uh, expelled from Congress. That's pretty difficult to do, but he managed to do it. Uh, then you also had uh, all of the economic issues with inflation and concerns about inflation, rising interest rates, all of these things that President Biden has to address. You have the ongoing war with Ukraine, um, between Russia and Ukraine. And then now uh, you have the the war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. Uh, so it has been an extremely big year, not to mention you also have like all these Republican debates and a choice for uh, who's going to, you know, hold the mantle of the Republican Party. Uh, and you have former President Trump facing numerous uh, legal challenges, uh, criminal and civil. So it's been very busy. Yeah, to say the very least. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I think one thing that just makes our job as journalists harder, but more important, is the fact that there is a lot of misinformation out in the world, and especially during wars, because we now have these where people can mm. spread information quickly, which is good. But then you also have situations where people aren't as well versed in the situation, which allows them to be more easily manipulated. So how has your team at NPR had to deal with that? Because you guys do make yourselves easily available on digital as well as radio. 
Well, you know, I think that we we do have reporters who report on misinformation and 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 we do try to in disinformation we do try to get the facts out there and not just, you know, report uh, rumors and innuendo. And it's difficult, um, especially in times of war. We may not have the access, particularly in Gaza, uh, that we would like um, to be on the ground, to be able to talk to people. A lot of the, a lot of time, those uh, places are restricted. And so you are trying to do what you can through fixers and others to find out what's happening on the ground um, and to let people know what you know and what you don't know. Uh, I will say that it is concerning as a journalist knowing the work that we put in to try to make sure that we're getting things right. And if we don't get something right, we correct it uh, to just kind of see people on TikTok or whatever. And they, you know, they just get some clips together and they just are talking as if, you know, everything they're saying is true. And if they just kind of say it in this conspiratorial way or in this way that's engaging, people just believe it. Um, and I'll be, as a journalist, sitting there like, uh, that's not the facts. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta actually, you know, pay attention to the facts. But it's hard. And, and I think a lot of people don't know who to trust and what are legitimate sources of news. And so I hope that people can find those sources that are actually based on facts and things that have happened and not just, you know, kind of what they want to hear. Yeah, misinformation is so global. But even within the United States, we already have plenty when it comes to politics, and I'm sure in covering what's happening in Washington, that can sometimes be an issue as well. So kind of talk about some of the different stories that you've had to cover and events you've had to cover in Washington. Well, you know, I mean, I think that so a lot of what we so, for instance, um, obviously, we've covered a lot of the the war in Ukraine. We have at NPR have now we have a bureau in Ukraine, uh, but we have had reporters on the ground since the beginning of the Russian invasion. So we are trying to talk to people on the ground from all sides, different places, different regions. We're trying to hear what is going on. Um, you know, what are their struggles? We're always, I think one great thing about NPR is that we try to talk to real people. We try to hear so that they can say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm I'm struggling with. I, I don't have any water or I don't have power. It's freezing. So these are the sorts of things that we're trying to, to cover. But we also talk to, you know, we do a lot of domestic politics and what's just happening in the, in, you know, in our backyard. So, you, you know, we're able to go and, and, and talk to people who may be just dealing with rising grocery prices and how that's affected them or the rising cost of school supplies. Um, all of these can be stories that, um, you know, that they're important because they're affecting people's everyday lives. Um, in addition to, you know, the big stories like covering, you know, whatever President Biden says or Vice President Harris. So uh, we try to do a mix of all of those things. And I really love that because even at the local level, we really do get the opportunity to just cover solutions-based stories about real people because it's really easy to get disconnected when you're just hearing from the same people each day and you're not actually seeing the story on the ground. So I'm sure that, of course, is just really valuable to your listeners and to people that aren't even consistent listeners that just happen to come across and are inspired to take action, maybe based on that reporting. So for you behind the scenes, just talk about the importance of that, as well as the importance of what the work that NPR does is to our country. 
you know, what we try to do is we try to be representative of the country. We try our part of our mission is to make a more informed public. Um, we our news is free. We want to be able you can donate to it, but you can listen to it for free. It's not behind a paywall. Um, and that's because we feel like we are doing a public service. Uh, we do get people who when we talk about um, different you know, people, when we hear from people that maybe they're struggling or they're dealing with something, I, I talked to a mother who was struggling to pay for school supplies. Uh, and there were so many people who said, how can we help? You know, they, they sent her money. I had someone send $200 to me to get to her, just $200 cash and say, give it to this woman <laughs> who, uh, who had problems paying for school supplies. And I said, okay, I will get it to her. So those are the type of, you know, that's what, those are the type of listeners that we have. They really care. Um, and if they hear about someone struggling, they really want to help and they really want to make a difference. And that's just an amazing story right there, the power of journalism to really make change. And of course, there are also those days where we have to cover the things that just give us a headache. And that's, of course, what happens in Congress, because there's a lot of arguing, <laughs> there can be disagreement, there can be contention. And one big news headline was that President Biden, who is the subject of an impeachment inquiry now that was launched by House Republicans. So kind of talk about that, because it was big news. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because impeachment um, used to be something that was very rare and it wasn't a, a tactic that was used regularly. Um, and yet um, we are seeing now where it has become um, something that is is almost like common in every day. Uh, so you have this impeachment inquiry, but it is still not clear what Republicans, um, they are accusing the Biden, they're accusing Biden and his family of influence peddling and, you know, basically getting money through, you know, their political influence. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they have not presented direct evidence of this, particularly when it comes to President Biden himself. Um, and so it seems like what they've argued is that they have to do the inquiry to to see if they can find the evidence to <laughs> prove that he has done something wrong, which is a, a different way of looking at a, an impeachment inquiry, because um, generally you would have at least some very strong evidence before you launch that. But I mean, that uh, what we do when we're covering it is just point that out, that there there isn't any evidence right now that they've presented. And if they present evidence um, that directly links President Biden to influence peddling, then we would report that as well. Um, so it's, it's just about reporting what is actually happening and what is actually there. And so they could uncover something. And if they uncover it, we will absolutely report it. Um, and I'm sure we'll, you know, we will be talking about the fact that they've launched this impeachment inquiry and what it means and where it goes. Um, but we always, I think you do have to be honest with the public and say, right now, there hasn't been evidence presented that directly links uh, President Biden to what he's being accused of. And then, of course, there's just more contention between Biden and Republicans. And the other thing recently was that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, he came to the U.S. and the U.S. has already given billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight Russia in this war. Obviously, there are some disagreements with that amount that they're giving. So kind of talk about this war and America's role, America's role in this situation. 
Well, America, you know, has played a big role and as well as much of the West um, and, you know, the, the NATO alliance and uh, helping to fund Ukraine. The idea was that the U.S. and others would not send actual, you know, put boot, they wouldn't put boots on the ground. They wouldn't send actual soldiers over there, but they would send money and equipment to help uh, Ukraine because uh, because of Russia's in invasion, which they argue is against international order, it's against international law, and they want to make clear that it's unacceptable for Russia um, to be invading its neighbors. And so that is what there was, that's what the West had really rallied around. Now, obviously, time has dragged on attentions have turned elsewhere. You now have the Israel um, uh, Hamas war going on. And so, and in the U.S., um, there has been a, a linkage, basically this idea of like, well, why are we going to send money to Ukraine? We need to spend money at the border. And Republicans are saying like, look, why are we doing, why are we going to send money over there? First, for us to get this money to Ukraine, first we need to get these concessions on immigration and on at the border. That's highly unlikely. It's a very difficult deal to work out. Um, there have not <laughs> deals on immigration are very hard to come by in Congress. They have tried for decades um, and they have failed. And so these sorts of asks then make it impossible to get enough Democrats to support the bill. And so right to support this legislation. So right now, Ukraine is in a very difficult situation where they're going to have a hard time uh, getting money from the U.S. One thing about the money that comes from the U.S., much of that money from Congress it is spent on U.S. military companies, so U.S. military manufacturers. So the money, much of it goes to actual U.S. jobs because they're the ones making the equipment that's sent to Ukraine. So that's one of the unique things about this. And President Biden had mentioned that concessions are just a part of democracy, as painful as they can be for both sides. It's definitely something that has to be done in order to have the results that everyone wants. So it can definitely be a challenging time in that sense. So. And looking into 2024, it's just hard to believe how fast 2023 went, frankly. But 2024, I'm sure we're going to still be having these discussions about these wars. So is there any insight that you have as far as NPR's coverage of that and continuing to move forward with that tradition of just neutral reporting about issues that really impact the world, really? Well, we will continue to try to bring information from on the ground. We will try to present um we will try to present the facts as they are, the world as it is, um, not necessarily as we would like it to be and not, you know, catering to one group or the other. We will do our best to just try to make sure that people stay informed so they can make their own decisions about how they feel about these conflicts um, and not telling them how they need to feel about these conflicts. Uh, and, and so, and I'm not saying that we will always get it right. I'm sure there will always be a lot of debate on how to do that. But I think that is what we as journalists strive to do. Um, and so I, I think that's what we'll continue to do and try to continue for our mandate uh, to um, educate and inform the public. Definitely important work. And of course, all your listeners, thank you very much for that. And I thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for all the work that you do to make sure that proper information is out there in the world. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.